It's time for Money for Lunch, where we feed your brain and your business with supersized portions of business and financial news. Now your host, Bert Martinez. Welcome back, everybody. Good, good, good to have you here. Here we are, November. November 21, 2023. 2023, coming to a close unbelievably fast and uh, it's amazing to me all the different uh, things that are happening the good the bad and the ugly Uh, so the ugly is our politicians behaving poorly Um, that is just getting uglier all the time I have to tell you I am uh, shocked and a little befuddled by some of the behavior on both sides of the aisle. Um, the, uh, the bad is that it's the end of the year, which means scams are going to be exploding. So as a general rule, utility companies, uh, IRS, um, most companies do not accept payment in the form of cash app, Zelle, um, gift cards, you name it. They just want regular payments and be aware of that. And, and please, this if this sounds like a no-brainer to you, it's not a no-brainer to everybody. There is a huge amount of people that get scammed. And when I say huge, millions of people get scammed every year. And we really need to spread the word that uh, there are tons of scams and that we need to be aware. So even though you may know a scam from a mile away, the people around you may not. If you're a manager and you're running a department, Tell your people. If you're the president and CEO of your company, tell your people and your customers. Just tons of scams. Um, One of the funniest scams that I just could not believe people fell for is you would get a call from a gentleman or a lady from India telling you that your Social Security number has been Suspended. Can't happen. And uh, in order to get it restored, you got to, you know, do all this. Bottom line, you got to send in money. Um, People fall for this all the time. Another scam is the IRS scam that you owe uh, money to the IRS and they're going to issue a warrant if the amount is not paid. Again, this is untrue. The IRS does not, cannot issue a warrant. The Treasury Department can, but not the IRS. So the Treasury Department is the law enforcement arm of the IRS. And uh, bottom line is, before a warrant would be issued for anybody owing back taxes, it would have to be an astronomical amount of money. It would just have to be a total, I mean, 
it's a process, and specifically it's called due process, right? So you would get multiple letters, and if they really thought that you were ripping people off uh, for or ripping the government off, usually that goes to a court process. And again, you would get plenty of warning for that, right? Um, and um, anyway, just beware. Tons of scams coming up. If anybody's asking you to pay a debt that you owe using any form of gift cards or cash app or Zelle or digital currency, that should be a big red flag. And they target the elderly and they prey upon our fears. Just please, let's help everybody have some happy, happy holidays and avoid scams. Um, anyway, um, the, uh, the, the, the other thing that, uh, oh, so what was that? The, the good, the bad, and the ugly. So I've covered the ugly, the politicians, the bad, the scammers. And now let's talk about the good. What's happening out there that's good? A lot. I am grateful that in this world, as much evil as there is in this world, there is equally as much good. Uh, so I am grateful for that. Um, the holidays, I think, help remind us that there is a lot of good out there. Yes, there are wars and rumors of wars, uh, but there's also a lot of good. There's people who give generously. There are, there are tons of professionals who give of their time. We hear about doctors without borders and things of that nature. Um, there is a tremendous amount of good. And the nice thing about it is that if you ever feel bad, you think your life sucks, you're overwhelmed, I would urge you to go and serve. Get out of your own headspace. Go serve people. I, I have interviewed and talked to people who run these uh, charitable organizations and soup kitchens and things of that nature, and they get tons of overwhelming help during the holiday season. However, they didn't get enough help off season. And, uh, and so keep that in mind. Um, if you want to volunteer, hey, obviously any time to volunteer is good, but during the holiday season, they have a surplus of volunteers. So if you want to volunteer, maybe consider volunteering after the holidays. January through October is a great time. Uh, one of the traditions that we like to do is we like, we like to do a Thanksgiving and or a Christmas in the middle of the year. And we'll go volunteer. We have a family meal. And uh, that's sometimes a little bit harder to do since we're all scattered. But it's still a fun thing to think, think about. In the middle of the year, what a great time to be grateful and thankful for the things that you have, as well as be uh, able to serve others. What a great way to give back. And I am delighted that um, we have this opportunity. Uh, I, I cannot tell you 
how wonderful it is to be able to just give back. It is just absolutely wonderful. All right, so that covers the good, the bad, and the ugly. It is not necessary to wait till the end of the year to start thinking about your new year goals. Screw the resolution, start planning a new year. Um, And I'm going to a special show about goals and goal setting. But I wanted to discuss some of the things that go into goal setting. One of them is what are you going to focus on? What, you know, and when you focus on these things, how does it make you feel? Do you feel uplifted, motivated, excited? Then probably a good goal. If you feel like, ah, this is going to be stressful and overwhelming, maybe you should avoid it. So when you focus on these goals, the first thought is, how does it make you feel? And if that's a good feeling, then I think it's something worth moving forward on. If it's something that's going to make you struggle, then it might be something to look, uh, to, to wonder why. Even if it might be a great goal. But if it's causing you a lot of stress, and I'm not talking about being afraid of, of thinking big, right? So you set a goal for, I don't know, to double your income or to cut your debt or something big. It's scary and exciting. That's probably a good goal if it's scary and exciting. But if you're, let's say, you know, your goal is to run a marathon. You've never done it. it sounds overwhelming. You, you're not feeling good about it. Maybe running a marathon isn't the right goal for you this year. Maybe shooting for a 5K, 10K, half a marathon. Maybe it's maybe you reduce that goal to getting in shape, uh, increasing your cardiovascular conditioning. Maybe that would be more exciting, more motivating, more fun. And anyway, these are some of the things to think about. Um, And uh, let's see what we got going here. Um, And we're going to be talking to Mr. Bill Bartman. Bill Bartman is a highly recognized and awarded businessman, and he's got a very interesting story. I want you guys to listen to this. Bill, welcome to the show. Well, Bert, thank you. It's my pleasure to be here. Well, Bill, I know a lot of our listeners may not have heard your story, so before we get into it, and we're going to be talking about how to get out out of credit card debt quickly, but before we get to that, give us a little bit about your background, a little bit about your story. Well, well, certainly, and, and I guess we could start with the old standard rags to riches, but everybody's heard those stories so many times they're, they're almost like chopped liver anymore. <laughs> so we, we don't call mine rags to riches, more like rats to riches. Uh, we grew up in a neighborhood where there were more rats per, per capita than there were people. Uh, but from there, fortunately, uh, even though I was a high school dropout, spent five and a half years in high school, I was an alcoholic by the time I was 17, I'm essentially deaf and wear hearing aids to hear about half of what goes on around about me and grew, grew up on welfare and poverty and left home when I was 14, I managed to, to finally 
get my boat righted, as they would call it, and, and honestly, Bert, it happened because I met the woman of my life, uh, the lady I met when I was 14 and she was 11. We dated for 10 years, and we've been married now for 36, and I give her all the credit in the world for kicking my rump, so to speak, back to the system. I got a GED. With my GED, I managed to get into college on probation, uh, graduated on probation four years later, got into law school on probation, flunked out, got back in, finally graduated on probation, and, and with that, we're, Kathy and I have, over the course of our life, we've been blessed and fortunate that we've been able to have some pretty significant business success. In, in 1986, we, we went broke. I live in Oklahoma, and we were in the oil and gas business, and the price of oil went from $40 a barrel down to 14 and we went flat, bankrupt, broke, uh, and from there we uh, saw an opportunity, the same opportunity that's going on right now. We saw the economy being in the tank. We saw people being, massive numbers of people being unemployed and banks failing. And so we started buying bad debt. We started buying charged-off credit cards for literally a nickel on the dollar. And with that, over the next 12 years, we created a billion dollar company. Kathy and I became the 25th wealthiest people in America, members of Forbes 400, and fortunately we have won a whole list of business awards, uh, you know, none of which will buy you a cup of coffee anywhere, but they're real pretty when they hang on the wall. <laughs> well, you know, it, it, it's good to be recognized by your peers. Uh, I think it, you know, it, it does say a little bit, but you're right. When it comes down to it, it doesn't buy a cup of coffee. So tell us, Bill, you went from... Uh, Literally, from rats to riches, as you like to say, you've been married to Kathy for 36 years? 36, yeah, which means she had to get a purple heart or something. That's right. Well, you know, I think it's kind of cool that you give her all the credit. Uh, that is an amazing thing, how how women can affect uh, uh, can affect us. And, oh, absolutely, Bert. You know, and it's so it's so understated. I mean, you know, the old adage of behind every successful man there's a woman. Well, that is so much baloney. Kathy has never been behind me. She's never been in front of me. She's always been alongside of me. And people who have great relationships, those are the ones who more often than not are the ones who are great successes in life. So isn't there a lesson there? You know, get a relationship, keep a relationship, work a relationship, and then maybe maybe the rest of your life will fall in place. Well, absolutely. Uh, you know, it's it's very difficult to have uh, success outside if you're not having success inside the home. Oh, amen. Absolutely. All right. Well, let's get to it. Tell us about how to get out of credit card debt quickly. Well, here is the quickest way possible, and it kind of rubs against the norm, and, and I don't want people to think I'm preaching some kind of financial anarchy or something when I tell them that. But remember now, the business that we created was buying charged-off credit cards, and we bought four and one-half million individual accounts, so I, I have some background here. What I'm suggesting for people who are so far underwater that they can't see out, and you know that has a different definition for different people, but if you look at your own finances and say, at the job I have right now, at the way things are going, I am so far in. It doesn't matter how you got there. It doesn't matter whose fault it is. But if that's where you're at, you have to look at some pretty extraordinary situations to get out of the hole you're in. And one of the things you can do is, and here it comes, quit paying your credit card bills. 
Now, when you quit paying your credit card bills, it will hurt your credit rating. Oh, boy, there, it is almost an immediate thing. But the truth of the matter is, Bert, if somebody's that far upside down, they already have already hurt their own credit rating. And so one more little ding on it isn't probably going to make a big difference to them. Now, conversely, if your credit is good, you'd never want to do this. But if your credit's already been shot, if you quit paying your credit card bills, here's what happens. And you'll get some phone calls. You'll get collectors calling you. But if you just keep saying no, after 180 days, the credit card company, the bank, has to charge off the debt. That's a rule. That's a law, actually. That's a gap accounting rule. And the bank will charge off the debt and then sells those loans, those credit card debts, for as low as a nickel on the dollar to people like me. And when we buy them for a nickel on the dollar, we call up the same customer and we're prepared to settle for, you know, 15 cents on the dollar. So a person who is, say, $10,000 in debt on their credit card right now and can't pay the 10 grand because they just don't have it, they might be able to settle with somebody for, say, $1,500. And the problem is the bank won't let them settle with the bank for $1,500. So that's the one thing they can do is nothing. Don't pay your bills. And if you don't pay your bills, eventually, they will be sold off to someone else who will settle with you for pennies on the dollar. Well, that's a great strategy. It's kind of like uh, reverse leverage. It, it is exactly that. You know, it's kind of the one step short of bankruptcy. You know, when you file bankruptcy because you're so far in you can't get back out, you know you're going to hurt your credit, but you also know you're going to effectuate a solution. You know you're going to make a whole bunch of that junk go away. Well, this is a half step. Now, it's certainly right in line with going bankrupt because it's heading down that path, but it may be the one thing that keeps you from filing bankruptcy. And it would be better to have one or two creditors messing up your credit score as wiping out all of them. Right. Typically, bankruptcy, and I know the bankruptcy law has changed, and maybe you don't know the answer, but typically bank, bankruptcy tends to stay on your credit for, what is it now, seven or ten years? It, it is, as long, is as long as ten years that it will continue to show up or, or haunt you, as they say. And, and, yes, I'm familiar with that. In 1986, we filed bankruptcy. So I, I, I you know, know, again, from experience, that uh, that is the last straw, last resort, and I don't encourage people to do it unless they just absolutely can't take care of their family, can't take care of their other obligations. There is a higher sense of order here, and that's why the bankruptcy rules were created. You know, not, not for to let people run up bills and just say, oh, the heck with it, I'll just walk away from it. No, it's for good, honest, serious, legitimate people who find themselves in a place they never would have imagined. Sure. And, and you know, the, the thing that you just hit uh, on there that uh, people don't realize is that uh, when you start believing that it'll never happen to you, that's when it happens to you. Oh, and, and right now, Bert, it's happening to people who have never, ever imagined it can happen to them. See, in the old days, a few years ago, we used to think that people with credit card problems and the people who would think about bankruptcy, well, those are, you know, we would kind of put them in that, well, they must be lazy or they must not have gotten a good education or they probably didn't work very hard. And we kind of put them all in a little category, rightly or wrongly. That's kind of the way we do things. 
But this time around, in this great recession we're in right now, there are people who did it by the rules. They went to school. They studied hard. They got good grades. They went and got a job. They, they showed up for work every single day of their life. They, they went and bought a house with a white picket fence. They married the girl next door. They followed every single rule to follow the American dream, and it turned out that maybe some of that wasn't as true as they told us. And now these are people who have never failed before, have never had difficulties before, and now they're unemployed and not able to pay their bills. You know, something that you just uh, brought up, I think that this, uh, this generation is one of those generations that hasn't been tested. This is th- this economy is their first test. It is indeed, and I feel so bad for the, the, the people going through what they're going through right now. Now, a guy like me, I, I'm 61 years old, and I have failed and succeeded and failed and succeeded and failed and succeeded, and I have screwed up so many times it's almost pathetic. I'm good at failure. I'm good at screwing up. I'm good at, at getting getting knocked down and figuring out how to get back up because I've done it a lot. Now, people who have never had it happen to them, it is the most traumatic thing they may experience in their entire lifetime. And quite frankly, some of them may not know how to deal with it. Well, it sounds like, you know, what you're saying is failure is a good way to succeed. It is the only way to succeed. And here's a challenge I give everybody on, on this call. Uh, the Forbes 400 is a list that's published every October by Forbes magazine, so you can go online and get it or wherever you might choose to read it. And read the stories of the people who are on the Forbes 400 list. And except for a few people who inherited some money, and there's usually a handful of them on there, the ones who are self-made, Every one of them failed at least once. Some of them failed a half a dozen times. Some of them have filed bankruptcy three or four times in their life. And that's what it almost takes failure to succeed. Well, you know, Walt Disney, I believe, filed bankruptcy four Indeed. or five times. Indeed. And, and on top of that, his best friend, which is the uh, famous Art Link letter, you know, gave up on him. Wouldn't lend him the $1,000 he needed to buy what is now... Uh, Walt Disney uh, in Anaheim. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, the stories are, you know, I mean, they're, they're by the thousands. And so, you know, when I started, I'm a student of this industry because I, I, I try to share what it is I've learned along the way. The very reason you and I are on this call today is hoping that maybe somebody will hear something that might have some value in their life. Well, I began looking at all of the reasons people succeed and the reasons people fail, and I found an awful lot of correlations between having failed and learning a lesson and then going to a much higher success than you ever would have been able to go to but for the failure. Absolutely. Bill Bartman, thank you very much. This is Bert Martinez. Thank you. Bert, you're very welcome. Have a great day. Tune in Monday through Friday here on Money for Lunch. And check out our website at moneyforlunch.com.